Welcome back to a new podcast that nobody asked for. 99 problems and bitching might be one of them. Actually, this week, our problem is diet culture. Just to review, this podcast has three hosts. My name is Flash Flood, and I am also joined by... Hey, I'm Riptide. And Rage. Hello, friends. Let's go ahead and get started, because the longer we sit here and don't start, the more awkward the silence gets. As we do, we're going to start with our positivity point. Purpose of this segment is just to briefly identify a ray of light within our last week to offset the balance of all of our complaints that we're just going to say throughout this whole episode. So I'm going to start my new my positivity point this week. I had to dig and search real hard for it, but I found a new way on TikTok to wrap my hair and it has changed my life. I am not taking my hair out of my bonnet all weekend. That's it. That's amazing. So uh, I feel like mine's a little maybe insensitive, but it's still my positivity point, so I'm going with it. But I got to see Jesse Reyes this weekend, and she brought Black out. Really weird to call him that. Not Six Slack, because that's how his name is spelled. It is. Um, but it I is. really love their songs, too. It was so weird, because she was like, oh, like, hey, guys, like, she knows Black. You, The newbies are probably shocked. And I was like, who is Black? That man that was just on stage is six lakh. So <laughs> I will never see his name as anything but six lakh. Like I saw you talk about it on Twitter. And I was like, me too, bitch. Me too. I didn't say nothing because, you know, bitches on that conversation. So I agree. The song that he's on with her where he says they call me that he literally calls us out for calling him six lakh. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, imported. I, imported. Yeah. Yes. I'm surprised that you didn't just that you actually made the effort to call him black in this one. But I tried really hard. I feel I like don't I should be respectful. It's sensitive for you to to have that as your positivity point. I think that's a really great, great positive point. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um uh, my <laughs> positivity point is is really raining on someone else, but I'm just gonna go with it. Rain on that bitch. <laughs> My positivity point is that Elizabeth Holmes is going to serve some jail time. Um, supposedly. She was sentenced, I think, like 10 or 11 years in jail. Um, and I don't know how I feel about prison abolition, jail abolition, and all that jazz. But I do think that people's actions should have consequences, especially rich people. And rich people who commit these supposedly white collar crimes, um, I don't think they see enough consequences. And really, they end up hurting and damaging and destroying just like hundreds of people's lives. And because um, they're not like actually murdering someone supposedly, like viciously cutting someone's throat or something, that people are dying. People are still dying. There are like tons of consequences for other people based on one person's actions. I'm glad to see that she's going to have to serve some jail time. I don't care that she's pregnant. That's it. Yeah, fuck her and her baby. <laughs> I'm sorry. If there's one thing we're going to learn, it's that I'm a horrible person and I say horrible things. That's that on that. Oh, I do want to add before we get into it, though. We are very mad over here and we have a lot to complain about, but I do feel like... We needed, we maybe needed a, um, 
I don't know, like a warning or something that we don't actually encourage people to go out and do violent things based on our last post. (laughs) Yes, that's right. I do not encourage anyone to do violent things, but I do validate you feeling violent internally. Because sometimes things be unfair and unjust and we can be angry. You know, what I always tell my kids is that it's okay to feel angry. That is a normal emotion, but you have to make sure that you don't do things that have consequences with it. So that's, that is also that on that. Yes. (laughs) And just briefly, I think I've mentioned that I'm like a social worker on here. So I am not acting as your social worker. I am effectively a TikTok social worker right now in this role. So don't take anything I say too serious. Okay, thanks. <laughs> don't come uh, find us in our jobs. <laughs> I mean, basically, that's what the internet does. But I think we only had like 13 listeners on the last episode. So we might be good, y'all. Let me see what our listeners looked like last week. But in the meantime, you guys can get started. <laughs> Okay. Oh, I did want to say on um, Rage's point that I cannot stand when they say that white collar crimes are victimless, victimless crimes because it's absolutely not true. And I just really can't stand the. Okay, you know what? I was getting into my complaints, but I really can't stand when people say like that emotionally harming someone isn't as bad as physically harming someone. Hmm. Yeah, she's a fraudster. We can add fraudsters to to our problems later. Okay, so let's get started with diet culture then. Just want to clarify, yeah. we had 16 listeners on our last episode. Shout out to those 16 listeners. Three of them were probably us. Shout out to those 16 <laughs> listeners. It wasn't me. I didn't listen. <laughs> Shout out to those 14 <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> All right. I see that there's a bunch of stuff written down, but I don't know if, if anybody wants to start. Um, I hate diet culture. I can start there. Mm, um, yeah. It's the I mean, bane of my existence. Yeah. And I feel like when you're a fat person, I know I'm less fat than I once was, but when you're a fat person, you say you hate diet culture. Everybody just is like, well, of course you hate diet culture. Look at you. And it's like, no, bitch. I hate it because it's harmful. I hate that you said that right now. Like, ooh. <laughs> Triggered me a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait. Okay. So I guess maybe we should have a disclaimer, too. This might be triggering for some of you. So if you, like, struggle with eating disorders, you may want to, like, skip ahead to the... The other listen part. on mute. Just listen on mute. You know, oh, yeah. Give us yeah, those well, protect your peace. It eventually tune back in for petty problems, probably closer to like 10 minutes pre the end. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> All right. I mean, I also hate diet culture. I have always hated diet culture. I think from a different perspective, I don't know. I mean, as you guys know, despite my one white doctor's perspective or viewpoint. I've never been fat, so, but I've always viewed diet culture as unhealthy, perhaps wise beyond my years, just like, why are you not eating that? Like, we have to eat to survive, but you feel compelled to eat it for a number of other reasons or not eat something, and you seem unwell. Like, ma'am, you're on a lettuce diet. That's not acceptable. You're drinking honey tea, honey lemon tea for 14 days. How could you think that that's acceptable? 
But of course you do, because there are these unrealistic standards of beauty that people are forced to adhere to. So I do hate diet culture. Fuck it all. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't think I've ever really gotten it. Partly because I don't like people. And so I don't ever, I've never really felt like I cared all that much about like just people in general liking me. (laughs) So yeah, I feel like when I've, when I've seen people like talking about like dieting and stuff online or in person, um, like pre-social media, I felt like it was always people who really wanted attention because I've tried dieting, but like, I, I feel like I've never like put my dieting stuff like out there or shared it with, um, more than like a few people who maybe were also dieting like with me. Like, I think it's weird. And, And maybe that's part of me too, just like internally, like I do feel shame around like my weight and stuff. And so like, for me, it's a very personal process when I'm like, intentionally dieting and so I don't share that and I think part of that is like that shame and then two I guess it's probably based on what I've learned about like like eating disorders and stuff it's probably maybe better to keep it private because it can be triggering to like participate in sharing all that stuff publicly and not providing like disclaimers and stuff for people who are struggling with like any kind of eating disorders and stuff But yeah, I don't know. What are like some crazy diets that you guys have seen or like, um, I guess does diet culture also include like crazy workouts and stuff? Yes. But I want to go back to what you said about people doing it for attention because it reminds me of a coworker who I used to have. By the way, I fucking hate her and I hope she has diarrhea today. But anyway, she used to (laughs) often, you know, she eat. Like, whatever she ate, and for what it's worth, I eat whatever the fuck you want to eat. But it'll always be like, let me have this burger, this chicken, whatever it is that she's eating. And then she'd say, I'm starting my diet next week. I'm starting my diet next week. I'm starting my diet next week. And it'll just be like, I don't care. I, it's sad to me that you feel compelled to say this, but I do. I think that a lot of what she was doing and saying was being done from the attention standpoint. She would post pictures of food and say a diet starts next week all the time and you don't you don't need to do that just eat the fucking food but i understand i like and again i'm saying this as a disclaimer that i recognize the societal pressures in order for that to be the the unhealthy relationship with food but it was still just really like attention seeking like and then from what you said about the public kind of you know keep those things to yourself it makes me think of how workplaces used to have like weight loss challenges Fortunately, maybe nobody likes me at my job and I'm perfectly fine with that. But they use like no one's invited me to any like weight loss challenges or workout challenges or anything. And I appreciate that because I didn't think they belonged in your workplace anyway. Yeah, the first year that I started working at the place where I start where I work now, I started in like the late spring and I guess for in new year everybody jumped on a, like a weight loss challenge and so like the first day that i walked into the the office kitchen there was like a weight loss board and a scale in the kitchen and i was like this is awkward but they never did that after that year so thankfully 
Um, and they didn't make like a big deal out of it during like, it wasn't like it was in weekly emails to everybody about like, Hey, you know, so-and-so lost so much weight or blah, blah, blah. It was kind of just like in the background, but like, it was still weird. I've never seen that anywhere before. The scale part kills me then. I just, and now that you bring it up, it makes me think of what was that one weight loss thing that I've told you about? Is it Noom? Because I feel I like Noom. Oh. Told me about it. Exactly. And Noom, you told me that you hated Noom because it requires you to weigh yourself daily. And they're like, it's accountability point. And first of all, screw like weighing yourself. I don't have any science to back that up, but I'm pretty sure it's just bullshit in the first place. Second of all, for me, it's like, yeah, well, my weight fluctuates. And then a lot of the times I'll weigh myself and I'll be like, damn, bitch, you went to the gym four days a week for the last month. You did this, 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 and this, and this, and the number either didn't change or it went up. And that's fine, which is where I had to, I had to learn myself and come to terms with the fact that it's just like the number is the number. You know, do you feel good? How are your clothes? And look at other, as they call it on my gym's like Reddit account, you know, non-scale victories. So that was way more rewarding to me. Then weighing myself and weighing myself, being obsessed with that number just really makes you feel bad. So them having that as part of their weight loss challenges and they're getting right for New Year challenge in your workplace. It's like, damn, see y'all, it just feels like it's reiterating a lot of unhealthy habits and I don't like it. And it has no place at my damn job. Yeah. (laughs) I also think that scale thing depends on like, on like what type of goals you have or like. I don't know. I also think it depends on the individual. I know a lot of people fixate on that number and that becomes really like, I don't know. I think detrimental to some people's mental health to fixate on that number specifically. But for me, when I've lost weight, like I've, I've done that, like weighed myself daily. And like, at first, like I had to like learn that, like, everything that I ate the day before, like how much water I drank, how much like food, not necessarily like, like depending on the type of food too, I guess, would impact how much, like what the scale would look like the next day. But on days when I was, when I felt like I was doing really, really good, no matter what, what, if the scale went up or down, like I felt good about weighing myself every day just to see where it was at and how like whatever it was I I ate impacted that number and then I would like make adjustments or leave it alone and be like fuck that like (laughs) I liked what I ate yesterday and now I know how that affects it we'll see what it's like tomorrow but I don't know yeah I mean so I would say like not like trying to get on you but i would say even like the that is part of like diet culture right this like idea that there's this perfect amount that we can like eat and exercise and if we can maintain it that like we'll find this perfect sweet spot and now we can be like this this ideal size and maintain it perfectly when it's like it all depends on our hormones and what the fucking color the sky is that day like it's it's not a easy science you know but i was just gonna say earlier that i feel like for a long time we didn't have the words to really talk about diet culture like because no one was reading whatever (laughs) i'm sorry flash flood is is basically flashing us right now so 
is a bit distracting. <laughs> but we didn't have the words to talk about diet culture for a long time. So I was just really grateful for like learning about intuitive eating and the concepts of yo-yo dieting and learning what is unhealthy and what is healthy as far as like how you view your foods. Because there's a lot of things I feel like we do that we don't realize go back to diet culture. That's fair. We have in our notes, oh, we're talking about social media personalities in these notes. Who are some social media personalities that you guys um, were thinking about as you guys were outlining this? Anyone who's some level of influencing has unrealistic, anyone who I have seen has a lot of unrealistic perceptions or demonstrations of what it looks like. They they post their food. This person is specifically the people are dying person. They post, you know, they post their diet. The you know that for a while they were doing those those tummy. Oh, teas. the earrings person. <laughs> Girl, I put it in the chat. <laughs> I know yeah. I saw it. I just felt like being stupid. <laughs> I hate you. I lost my earring. <laughs> but yeah, so but it's like they post unrealistic. They first of all they're lying. I watched my cousin posted a reel the other day of a person basically showing how these progress posts that people share are misleading. You know, it's like, this is what I look like before I did this, when their bodies are relaxed, and then they tense all their muscles and pull things up appropriately, and they flex their muscles and stuff like that. And now it's like, oh, look at me after six weeks of drinking honey lemon and fit tummy tea. Look at me. I'm so thin. First of all, thin shouldn't always just be like the standard, the standard or your goal should be health, health or whatever. But it's like, now it looks like this is something that I want. And really all you did was pose differently or even how you're, you know, you take pictures in the morning before you've eaten all day after you've worked out and your body looks different at six o'clock in the morning than it does at six o'clock at night. I've noticed that even with my body, but these influencers who are trying to sell something or sell a lifestyle are using this to their advantage. And if you don't have the discernment to look at it, they get things done to their body. And I don't have a specific one who I'm thinking of aside from the earrings, people are dying person. But I would say any influencer I see, and I've seen people who I follow on Twitter, RIP, talk about how you know, I see all these people and I feel badly about myself. And for me, I look at it, I'm like, this clearly isn't real. Like you're lying. You have somebody to fix your meals for you. You have a gym in your house. You have means to get to the gym and work out super hard all day, which again, as uh, Rage mentioned earlier, is also harmful. And then it, you've gotten work done and you're not sharing all of that stuff. And to me, the person who works 40 plus hours a week I just don't, and has a child and other such things going on. I just don't have access to that. So this, I, they create an image that is unrealistic and they hide half of the story behind themselves to sell and promote things that are not going to give the viewer the same results. There's just no way. All right. them it's, it, like, it just leads to this like internalized sense of like, I just don't have enough discipline. It applies to so many areas, but it's like, it's girl, it's not your discipline. You work, you have a baby, 
and you don't have $500 million sitting around to pay all these people to do things for you. But then like also, and this is something I've been working on with myself is like looking not just with diet, but just in life, like short-term and long-term consequences. So yeah, you can drink this flat tummy tea and you might lose a little bit of water weight and look good at your dress for Saturday. But long-term, you're messing up your metabolism. You're going to gain the weight weight back. You're going to lose muscle over it. And your body's not going to know how to regulate itself. So you're not doing anything long-term. You're just like, is it really worth fucking up your whole body to look good in a dress on Saturday? To me, it's not. No, it's not. And again, so I, I've always thought it was weird when people would try to do something like that. Like your body is your body. And for me, that looks like people who are working out and starving themselves in preparation for events, such as like a wedding. I had a coworker who ate super rigid all the way up into her wedding. And do you know that shit got canceled by COVID to fit into a dress? And one thing I always said was, well, the person who you're married knows what you look like. Why the hell? What are you doing? This doesn't make any sense to me. And why is your dress too small for you? Like, it doesn't make sense. Girl, why did my sister, sorry, just real quick. My sister one time bought a dress that was like four sizes too small to get married to somebody she had only known for a couple months. Needless to say, that never happened. But like, why do people do things? Like, I mean, we know why, but it's just. I don't know why. Why? Well, I think it's kind of what you said earlier, Riptide, about how this. It creates this, 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 what is it, dissolution, illusion, whatever. It creates this idea that we don't, we are not disciplined enough. And if we were more disciplined, we would be able to get into that dress. But you can't because you literally have to eat to survive. And we, there are not enough hours in the day to cancel out the, the food that you're eating. First of all, you should not exercise to cancel out the food. Your, your exercise is never going to have the ability to cancel out your food, which is, something that I think people need to hear more about. And then even like, if you don't eat enough, you're going to be tired. You're going to have low energy. Your body is not going. And for some people, and, you know, and I don't know how accurate it is, but they're like, your body wants to be a certain weight. So if you start starving yourself to meet that weight, it's not going to, sometimes it's not going to quickly drop those pounds. Because it has a spot where, you know, a nice safe spot where it likes to be at. So you're not going to get the same results. A lot of times yeah, and too. And I do, I do know why pe- I said I'm <laughs> really loud with that. Like I do know why people want to do this. And I say that because I, I've also purchased clothes like that. And like not to marry. This is what, what I was really yelling about. Like what do you mean you're going to marry someone that you've known for two months? And you bought a dress that was four sizes too small. What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm sorry, person. <laughs> but, like, that was crazy. Don't apologize. Yeah, I bought the clothes that was, like, a size or two too small to motivate me to, like, go to the gym more, to eat better. I don't do that anymore. Although I have thought about it. Not going to lie. I have thought about it. But I think, like, where I am now is, like, Buy the clothes that fits your body where you're at now because you deserve to fit into the clothes that you currently have and that you deserve to feel comfortable and confident in what you have now. And yeah, you can work on it. And then once you're ready for something new, you're ready for something new. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I think you touched on it. I was going to comment on the, you deserve to feel comfortable in your clothes. It does not make you feel any better to not be comfortable in your clothes. I just remember back to, I mean, I guess I'm technically going to forever be postpartum. But, you know, I'm going back to work. So I bought a whole bunch of random things off of Amazon that were a little bit more loose fitting so that I could be comfortable. But then, you know, a year went by and finally I think I'm 18 months postpartum. And suddenly I just dropped a bunch of weight, whatever. And I just want to say that all my coworkers commented on my weight loss. And it was just like, I mean, first of all, I was a bad bitch before. I've always been a bad bitch. But now you guys are all, so when we think about this diet culture, and the things that encourage it. It's, you know, I think about the times when I've lost weight or when people are all commenting and what are you doing? And oh my God, I need to do that too. And I even want another coworker, a white male coworker. So, you know, take that as you will said, told another person, yeah, flash flood is looking hot again, bitch. Mm-hmm, exactly. That's disgusting, sir. Keep your comments to yourself at work. Of all I places? It was First of all, Flash Flood never looked not hot. So what the fuck is he talking about? And that. But like, could you imagine also, if I had low self-worth? Could you Could you imagine? Like. So that's that's what I wanted to say next was, do you know how many times people have like sat down in my office and told me that the times that they've got the most compliments on their weight and their body and how they looked was when they were having the rough time, roughest times of their lives. Like after people have died, after they've been sexually assaulted, like all of these awful things that have happened. And so they're stressed and losing weight and people are like, Oh my God, you look amazing. How did you do yes. it? I, I was that person recently. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was that person recently. I, I don't, so I don't know why we comp, comment like that I think part of it is that like um for me it's like oh I wish that was me for real for real and then I I do think you have to be careful of who you say it to and being like thoughtful about what's going on in their lives so definitely don't say those things to a stranger because you don't know them but like for the person that I said it to um I felt comfortable saying it to them because it was someone that I knew well, but then I felt bad like the moment it came out of my mouth. I was like, oh, you should have kept that to yourself. And then she also made a comment that was, I don't remember if it was in that moment, but like she's been dealing with her family's issues. And so, you know, when you're stressed and stuff, sometimes that, you know, can cause you to lose weight. Like, um, what did they say? Not all, not all weight loss is good weight loss. And so uh, I had that moment and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, dang, I should not have said that. But people, you know, growth. Growth. Yeah, you said what I was going to say, which was not all weight loss is good weight loss. I'm happy to say that one of my coworkers did ask at least, was it on purpose, which is a good question to ask. Rest my friend's mother's soul. One time at a graduation party, my mom went up to said friend's mom and she said, you know, she commented on her weight loss and she very grimly replied, not all weight loss is good weight loss. And I want to say less than a year later, that same person had died of cancer. So again, something what flash flood was, or I am flash flood, something Riptide was saying was that, you know, her clients are losing weight and they're having a really tough time. 
And then also this other person who had cancer. If people are losing weight very quickly, they're either sick or on drugs. You will have the person who is, I guess, dieting and exercising and they hadn't been doing it before. Maybe they had surgery, who knows? But also there's a very large population who is quietly suffering. And then when you're asking them about their weight loss or their appearance and commenting on it, I think it makes things really uncomfortable because you're going to ask me what's going on. You know, oh my God, how do you look so good? First of all, I, again, looked good before. But second of all, damn, bitch, like, I'm not going to tell you why I'm looking so bad. Like, I was just doing a bump in the bathroom. I wasn't. I don't have a drug problem, I promise. But that is what it is for some people, and we minimize that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm dying at the drug problem that allegedly doesn't exist. I'm just kidding, y'all. She really doesn't have a drug problem. No, no, allegedly. I I do not do drugs. I don't. But so when you were talking about that, I was thinking of one of my favorite things I share with people regarding the people from The Biggest Loser. I feel like we all know that most of them gained back their weight, but they did a six-year follow-up on them, on their like metabolism and stuff, just to look and see. And most of them, you know, they gained back their weight, but they never gained back the muscle that they had pre-show. So even though they were doing all of that, working out on the show because when our body's in that starvation mode it starts to burn muscle instead of um fat we lose a lot of muscle mass um so that's why like i'll i mean i'll share on here i've had weight loss surgery and i have to have a lot of protein because so that i don't lose muscle go ahead sorry no i was just gonna ask so the the biggest losers they lost weight but they didn't gain any muscle mass in that process I mean, they they may have gained some in the process, but six years later, they had less lean muscle tissue than they did at the beginning of the show. So their muscle was not restored to their baseline levels. Ma'am, are so, you reading from I'm, a book? This is my favorite book. It's the Intuitive Eating Workbook. If you're out there and you're struggling with like food and diet culture, there's a whole lot of like, has a list of things that's like, if you're doing this, this is part of diet culture, but also this is how it impacts your body. So I used for myself. definitely recommended this book to me. And I, I have been in a not reading mood, but so I haven't read it yet. But I do have it on my Amazon list. <laughs> That's okay. I may recommend it like every single time someone asks me if I want to do a fucking detox. Girl, That's the probably way I, I recommended hate, it. <laughs> man, because I hate detoxes. I'm actually glad that I sit in an office by myself because the amount of stupid things your coworkers will say to you about like cleanses and detoxes, et cetera. And I haven't had to hear that in like the last two. That's terrible. It rage just posted in the chat that their brother's planning a detox for them. And it's just like, do your organs work? Because if they do, they're already detoxing. But the problem I think that's the thing is that he thinks because of the food, the, the type of food that I eat, that my my organs actually aren't working op- at their optimum levels. <laughs> and so the answer is, I know Riptide was trying to talk, so let me just. And so the answer is to see a doctor, not to do a detox. Like, <laughs> and I understand that the, that the insurance, that. right? Exactly. So like, but exactly. So like the insurance, right? Right. But I mean, like either way. 
Right, but like that's that's what the answer is. That's the answer. The answer is a doctor, not a detox. Go ahead, Riptide. Take it away. The answer is specifically one doctor, and that's Doctor Sabi and the the alkaline diet. Bitch. <laughs> that's how you cleanse your organs, didn't you know? How do I First block all, you? That, that- we do have alkaline water. <laughs> I muted you. You do all. We have me. Me? No, I muted mute Ripshot oh, because she was talking nonsense. <laughs> I was going to say, if it, has, power. <clears throat> if it has the word diet at the end, it's not sustainable. It, it doesn't have diet at the end. We don't buy any products. It's all natural, like herbs and, and fruits and vegetable stuff. Uh, nothing like pre-packaged, weird like celebrity influencer stuff. Wait a minute. Are you actually doing a cleanse? Not right now. It depends. He's he's like reading a bunch of books and trying to see what makes oh, sense. Child. We was trying to save you. No. <laughs> I'm I don't know. We'll because... see. It depends. I I I I I feel iffy about some of the stuff. But part of it is because I don't I don't feel like reading it. So that's fair. I do want to go off of what Riptide said about if it has diet and sustainability. I think sustainability is really key. So I remember at a point in the time when you're talking about like taking like natural stuff in or whatever it is that I was just kind of like, I probably need to eat more fruits and vegetables. What can I do to incorporate more of them within my diet? And so that included adding like a fruit or a, a fruit. Is that what you say? Adding fruit to my lunch. So now I have an apple and I just want to say an apple a day does not keep the doctor away because I have another call from one of them little crumb snatching little kids at work. But either way, it makes me feel better and that I at least got a little bit green or fruit intake. And I know that, you know, there aren't like good and bad foods, but I do want to have more of a variety of foods so that I'm not eating because if I could, I would probably just eat a bunch of chocolate all day. And that's great. But I also need to get a, some nutrients and some vitamins from food, theoretically. So, yeah, sustainability. Theoretically. The cleanse and the detoxes, which, you know, you do you, anti-doctor family, that's fine. But for me, that looks like trying to do something daily that's sustainable. So really quick, a cup of grapes or just an apple. Fascinating. And I do want to say, like, I'm all for, like, holistic living and that sort of thing, too. Because I feel like there are a lot of, especially, like, brown people, black people, especially just depending on where you're from, right? Culturally, there's a lot of people who like more holistic things. And I feel like that's fine. But again, everything just goes back to balance. So if you're like, you're never supposed to eat this food, then, then what, like... Somebody anonymously shared in the chat that grapes give them really, really, really bad grass. It was not me, but somebody anonymously shared that um, it's really Hold bad. On. Smells really bad. I don't, cannot say who it was, but it was somebody. And that is what somebody else was laughing at just now. Yes, it was very distracting. <laughs> we have a fourth person in the chat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I can't. I don't even remember what I was saying. Oh, everything balance. I think everything. I don't know why I'm shouting at you guys, but everything comes back to balance. 
So balance yes. and doing what you can. Or the only reason to you should body. Yeah. The only reason you should avoid a food listening to your body is if it will kill you. So if you're allergic to nuts, go ahead and keep av- avoiding them. <laughs> or you know, like an intolerance. Maybe it makes you gassy. Maybe it makes you bloated. <laughs> you know what? And you know what? I'm going to say this is for my my lactose intolerant people out there. Yes. <laughs> because if y'all don't stop stop you know you cannot eat that milkshake stop y'all did i tell you i think i told you flashlight i don't know if i told rage that this girl farted at the gym the other day during her yoga class which you know i normally would just be like oh you know our body releases emotion when we're doing these things like whatever she farted (laughs) she goes i'm lactose and i had milk before this bitch you knew you was coming to the gym (laughs) That's irresponsible. And then she admitted it to everybody. Yeah. She was really embarrassed. <laughs> I don't know what I did or stopped doing whatever, but I used to have such bad gas in the morning for my workout class. And it's like, what am I going to do? Spend the entire time in the bathroom, letting all of that out? Or am I going to torture all the people who are next to me in the gym? Because exercise moves your organs around and makes things fall out what is you what probably is, need you know, a that's, special that's my petty problem what do, what do you do about detox. that you do a detox i should do a detox Thank you probably you. needed to have done a detox you know whatever. My, my spouse did regularly tell me it's like it smells like something crawled up in you and died you need to clean that shit out you need to talk <laughs> to your doctor about that i'm fine now though I mean, I maybe instead of if she did a detox, instead of farting at the gym, she'd be sharding. So I just don't know if it's possible. But maybe it would have come out quicker <laughs> at home. <laughs> so I would add that part of diet culture that people don't consider is how it changes your body, such as your gas. Some people cannot eat grapes. I had a coworker who was vegan, I think, and vegan farts are apparently are really also bad. Not sure what the hell they're putting in vegan food, but they smell awful, I've been told. Ugh, I have followed this one person online who's really super annoying vegan. One thing that irritates me about diet culture is the way that people push their diets on you. Bitch, what's for you will be for you. So if you want to be vegan, be vegan. If you want to eat meat, eat meat. If you want to consume lactose before you go to the gym, do that. Maybe not. Don't fart. Don't (laughs) fart in my face. (laughs) But like this, this way of saying I'm doing this and so you should do it too. Mind your fucking business. It goes back to like control. You know, I'm going to bring up control every fucking episode at this point. Because they feel like, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing and I should be doing this. And so if I'm doing this, you should be doing it too. And it's like, bitch, no one told you that you can't have spaghetti for dinner. Like, eat the fucking pasta and leave me the fuck alone and let me eat oh. what I want. Because why are you... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go I on. was just going to get mad. Like, why are you commenting on other people's food? Like, you should never comment about what's on somebody else's plate. Because what is it going to do? It's either going to bring shame or it's going to make them tell you something that's none of your fucking business. Or now instead of eating and providing their food with nutrients, they're talking to your dumb ass, which they didn't ask for. Yeah. That makes me think of trifling ass 
trifling T, my spouse's brother, who will sit at mealtimes and look at what each one of us are eating and comment on it. Like, no, so what y'all eating? What have y'all, what have y'all been eating? You get enough fruits and vegetables? And I had to look at him during the last meal and I had to say, hang on, let me go die real quick. I'm sorry, still getting off that coughing cult. Anyway, I had to turn and be like, yes, I cook regularly. These are the things that I cook. Mind your fucking business. Like, we're fine. We're good over here. I do not need you looking at my plate. And you know, a motherfucker who don't eat bacon love to tell you that swine is bad for you. Bitch, I'm going to eat my swine. I don't like bacon. I'm so pissed at the fucking but nation eat it. Is eat, eat whatever you want to eat. For infiltrating our motherfucking prison prison systems, inverting everybody's mother and father into these swine hating <laughs> motherfuckers. Okay, let the rest of us eat our bacon in peace. Specifically, you, St. Louis. Let us be. <laughs> yeah, and turkey bacon is trash. It's not good. There's okay. like depends Only- on the turkey bacon. No, I have, it's, it's, I've never had good turkey bacon. So raids and next time we end up on a trip and none of us get COVID. Actually, now is probably the best time to plan a trip. Can y'all meet somewhere next weekend? Because yeah. now at least maybe we won't. None of us will get COVID and have to cancel it. I'll probably get COVID no, from our last now. trip. <laughs> right, we're I'm recovering from the trip that I didn't go on. <laughs> Man, I think I think we've got a good window. So I need. Riptide, you got to get it out your system. I'll see y'all next month. But And on this trip that we're going to take next month, first of all, no grapes. Second of all, Rage, it is your job to get us some actually decent turkey bacon. And we'll see. But I have yet to see oh, it. But here's the, here's the thing. Um, I only... <laughs> I'm I'm coming at that from the only turkey bacon that I like is the turkey bacon that's on the Starbucks turkey bacon sandwiches. Oh, I don't wow. eat a lot of processed foods. Um, unless it's like takeout, like generally at home, we don't, I don't know, we don't eat a ton of processed foods and bacon, turkey bacon or regular bacon is uh, very processed. So Mm. that's a bad bad statement. Now I'm curious, is turkey bacon, like, does the turkey have the same part that the bacon comes from in a pig? Like, or is this one of those vegetarian no, Chicken I feel like turkey thing. bacon is like, like isn't McDonald's burgers like pink meat, pink meat, fake meat? So isn't first that of all, the thing? I Google where does turkey bacon come from? And every day I Google something, I'm worried about our future because one of the popular people asked things that came up was, is turkey bacon from a pig? People can't read. As opposed to uh... a <laughs> turkey. Like, did you think that it was turkey country bacon? Like, where where are we going here that you ask, is turkey bacon from a pig? Anyway. See, so what you do is you take the, the bacon from the pig and you add chemicals to it and you put it in this locker for 79 months. And then when you take the, it out, that is a very bacon. like is it is it chicken or is it tuna moment? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> anyway, the apparently the turkey sea? bacon comes from the the pig's thigh. What? The pig's thigh? Yeah, or my bad. You see, these fucking Googlers <laughs> got me on fucked up. Turkey bacon comes from the turkey's thigh. Where does bacon come from? Where does bacon? 
That comes from the uh, pig. The belly. So we're not eating turkey belly. We're eating turkey thigh. Turkey leg. It's like we have six flags. Everybody loves turkey legs with six flags. Well, just give me the big ass turkey leg. I would prefer that to turkey bacon. I think it's just too like thin. It just doesn't cook the same. I don't eat Starbucks breakfast and I don't know how y'all eat it because one of our mutual friends also will eat a sandwich from Starbucks and that shit is nasty. So that's not in my diet. Why are you shaming our breakfast? You're right. What for you will be for you. So Starbucks breakfast (laughs) is not for me, but it's for you. And that's okay. Valid. I don't think I eat breakfast from anywhere because I don't wake up in time to to get breakfast food. What a life. I cannot wait to ship your niece to you. Please don't. The first plane. How early can I put a child on a plane? I believe that our our DC friend has her for these years. I believe I requested (laughs) the teenage years. So when she's ready to sleep in. Most airlines will permit children who have reached their fifth birthday. Girl, you got four and what? Three and a half years. I feel like we need to bring it back. (laughs) I don't even know how the fuck we got here. Oh, because you don't. I feel like we've bought, <laughs> been here for a while too. Because Riptide doesn't eat breakfast, or she waking up, waking up. So, <laughs> bef- go ahead. Before we end the this segment, I do want to plug a couple people on TikTok. But if you have something else to say about diet culture, I can do that later. I just want to make I, sure that I plug their TikToks. I don't know. Should just say, take it away. Oh, so there's. Because, you know, there's plenty of people on social media who we shouldn't follow. But if you're looking for people who are decent when it comes to... I just lost the the chat. Oh, here it is. So there's melanin underscore poppin RDN with no G on the poppin. She's poppin. Okay, not popping. But she is a registered dietitian who is anti-diet culture and teaches us how to think with food differently and then there's nutrition low nutrition the words the letters lo and she is she has her master's in public health and she also just has some good stuff but it's like good quality content so go follow them they're black women as well you know we have enough white tiktokers here here mm-hmm. all right are we Not ready for some filing. problems? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This segment is intended for us to read or review petty problems or, or letters from our letters. <laughs> I'm going to start that over. This segment is intended for us to read or review petty problems or letters from our listeners. We're asking for you to write in your petty problems so we can read them aloud on the show and commiserate together. So let's start with longtime listener, first time writer. I'm embarrassed to admit that I have a drug problem because my choice of drug is cannabis or weed. Whenever I bring this up to anyone, they make the same joke that everyone makes. It is that weed isn't addictive and that I should just quit. Every time I try to quit, I become moody and I am miserable. I'm afraid to seek treatment because will I be taking a place from someone else who may need it more than me? I'm unsure of what to do. 
get the treatment that, that you need. That sound petty. Mm-mm. That does not sound like a petty problem. This is, did you mean like small problems? This is not, this is, this is a real problem. <laughs> a real problem. Maybe you did something petty in response to your friends saying it's not a real problem. We would like to hear about that if you did. Damn. But uh, yes, you do have a problem. And I feel like saying I'm afraid I'm going to take a spot from another person is really just an excuse to continue maintaining your habit. Yes. Like, functional alcoholics mm-hmm. love to say that. Functional. Yeah. Going back to the quotes. Right. People who are addicted to things will say all type of things to avoid addressing your, an issue. Yeah. But also, so, this one different easy. levels. Get your treatment. Yeah. I was going to say there's different levels of treatment too. So like just it doesn't you don't necessarily maybe you don't need inpatient treatment. Maybe you can just see a therapist outpatient once a week to work on it and the dependence and why you're using or maybe if you feel like you really need it, you need an intensive outpatient program. But reaching out is a good first step because it'll help you find the appropriate level of care, whatever it is that you need. Yeah, yeah. So and I- you deserve treatment just as much as anybody else, no matter what the problem is or whatever anyone else says about whether or not you can quit easily or not. Apparently, you can't quit easily, so get your help. And I yeah. feel like if they're your friends, they should notice that you are struggling a bit with this and not make fun of it. So I'm also going to maybe say get new friends. But that's a journey if you're an adult. So Yeah. And if people don't recognize that you have a problem, then they probably have some type of issues going on too, because otherwise they should wreck. Either they're not around you enough, so they're not your real friends, or they are around you and they probably got some type of other problem. Because if they're around you enough, then they should see that you also have a problem, right? Yeah. Oh, what is it that they say? Misery loves company. Yes. It sure That's valid. Other addicts definitely do want to keep your ass addicted because then who are they going to hang out with if you get clean? I feel like I don't know. Too, like like cannabis, marijuana, THC, whatever you want to call it. Um, can you tell I'm a, <laughs> I work with people who do drugs from all my names. <laughs> but I feel like there's just like this certain amount of like normalization with legalization and everything. And people feel like, oh, that means it can't be a problem. But everything can be a problem. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say something earlier. I think a good place to start is with an individual counselor. And that would give you, because if you've got a substance abuse problem, I imagine there are other types of things going on within your head that you could probably use, use time to process and get, become comfortable with or whatever. Even just the idea of going to seek additional treatment could be processed with a therapist. So start there. Yes. And my bad for filing my nails, y'all. Is that just a regular therapist? Yeah, but I think, like, you can get a therapist who specializes in substance abuse, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, so you can you can look and see. I will say, though, like, I'm going to call out my fellow therapists because y'all be lying on psychology today. They sure do. just be click-clacking every fucking box. If, if you see a therapist and they've click-clacked that they specialize in every motherfucking thing, that therapist ain't specialized in shit. So find somebody who, like, maybe has clicked three to four things, five things. Or sounds like they know what they're talking about in their little bio thing. But 
there are like not everybody's 100% abstinence based either. So if that's like a barrier for treatment, you can look up. There's an organization called Moderation Management and they have their own website and they have a directory of therapists to practice moderation management therapy. Um, or you can look for a therapist that specializes in harm reduction. Wow, that was very helpful. Uh, I'm sure whoever wrote this is glad that they wrote it. I hope we probably, okay, we'll need to call it out so that they know to listen. <laughs> okay. So this next one is Deadweight Friendships. Ooh. Okay. My friend lives in Europe and I have visited her several times over the past few years. She does currently have two children now. And so I understand that traveling with small children is one of the circles of hell. However, am I petty for refusing to visit her? Though she continues to ask, she's been a pretty flaky friend throughout the last several years. And while I value the friendship that we once shared, I'm no longer interested in shelling out thousands of dollars to hop on a flight to visit someone when I can't even get a text back. Yikes. Mm. You know what? I think friendships have seasons and maybe that friendship is okay in a, like a waiting period. Actually, the way I look at friendships is that I kind of put them as like two people climbing up stairs and they're like all on the same, like the same levels. And then they reach like a platform or a tier and like you can like either move up together and like reach a point to where like you don't need to communicate as much, but you're comfortable and confident that in the level of your relationship that you don't have to invest as much, but like you can also move down the steps if people aren't um, investing as much. So um, this is very much like friendship is a two way street. And if you're over investing that eventually you get tired um, and you can either leave the door open for that person to come back into your relationship or you can just shut it completely and move on and I think whichever one you decide to do is perfectly fine you don't have to feel guilty about not wanting to spend thousands of dollars to go visit someone who won't text you back this is amazing advice I do just want to share that the entire time you were describing that that step um I was imagining that bad bitch new year's meme where it's like (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, <laughs> fucking walking up the steps. You know what though that is because that you in that, 2022, and that one there's some of her where she's like carrying bags and like it looks like she's there's just a bunch of stuff going on with her. It's not like just this easy walk, and that's very much I think what it is. Except there's it's two steps, like it's like a pyramid on each side, and people are climbing up and down. Sometimes you're dropping bags and stuff. You're dropping junk that you don't need. And sometimes you're picking stuff up and like, you know, you don't know what the other person on the other side is doing. Probably the same. (laughs) Some some of them aren't. Um, But yeah, it's like effort. You have to put in the effort. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say this may seem like obvious, but like, have you told your friend that you feel a way about this? Because... I feel like a lot of times we expect people to 
behave a certain way or do things that we would do or offer things that we would do when people just come from different families and they they a lot of times don't think the way that you think. So like, have you been like, hey, girl, you keep asking me to visit. Um, I know you've got a family and shit, but why you keep asking me to spend all this money and you're not coming over here? And you're not um, even texting me back. Yeah. I mean, don't say it like that. But like, why? Why not just ask? Or if you've there's, asked, what has she said? And is it a, there's is a second a step answer? lesson for that. So this is do, you, do we need to go everything. through it real quick? But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying, both what both of you are saying, such as one, make sure that, you know, you're talking to the person and, you know, expressing those concerns. You're not wrong for feeling that type of way, but as to say, add to what Rage said, either leave the door open or keep pushing whatever you have the energy for, but make sure that you're comfortable with your decision. Right. And I was just giving that advice of like being nice and saying like, have you asked them? Because if this was me, we're just not friends anymore, girl. Like, I don't know what to tell you if you're not texting me back on a regular basis for a long ass time, except to ask me to come visit. You starting to feel like the niggas I met in Ecuador. And (laughs) (laughs) that's not a friendship. That's just somebody wanting you to come visit. Yeah, I agree. Because I... I also suspect that this person um, wants you to come out and visit, but like, I imagine that they think that this is going to be like a weekend trip where you spend one day with them and then they go run back to their family because you're different from what they remembered you to be, or they, they, they expect the trip to work out a certain way that they didn't communicate with you. And so you're kind of just like hanging out for whatever it is that they want you to do. And then you end up getting ditched if they're flaky. And now you're in a whole other country and you're getting ditched. No. I would rather if if we were hang if we were gonna try to have like a reunion type of trip, like that we go somewhere else together and like you leave all your baggage at home. Yes, your children, your baggage. Leave them at home and come meet me somewhere else. Right. Isn't it cheap to travel in Europe? Like we could just go across the little pond over here, take a cheap little flight from where you live to somewhere else if money is a big issue. But like, also I feel like you can't always expect me to spend that much money unless I'm just a fucking millionaire. You know what? And that's something that people, people, I I think that's like a big miscommunication between people who do have children and people who don't have children is that people who have children sometimes assume that people who don't have children have a lot of extra money to spend because it's not tied up in children's expenses. And then people who don't have children, I don't know what the assumption, I I can't think of an example assumption that I would have for someone who does have children, but like, I don't know, either you don't have money to spend or that you, go ahead. I think that our representation of people who don't do and don't have children, the inconsiderate bitches be the loudest. So I think like there's been this idea that like your friends who don't have kids won't understand what it's like to have kids. And most of my friends understand that my tiny terrorist, you know, like things are stressful. And I would like to think that I still understand that my friends who don't have children, like life is just hard. But unfortunately, what we see most often represented 
will be your your parent who's like, I can't believe you woke up my baby from a nap because you guys were loud coming home from school and my baby was napping and they woke up because your kids were so loud. So can you tell your kids to be quieter when they get let out of middle school? Because my kid is napping at that time. And I just want to say that I saw this actual like complaint posted in my neighborhood uh, Facebook group. So like I see what you're getting at, Rage, but I I really think that people are more considerate. We just see the loud, annoying, like it, the ones who aren't considerate be the loudest. So the the people who suck at understanding what it's like to have kids and the people who suck at understanding what it's like to not have kids be the ones who be posting all over social media, unfortunately. Because I would say that- I'm assuming that this person, I'm, I'm going to assume negative things about, about this friend though, because they're flaking and they're expecting her to, to travel very far and, uh, and spend a lot of money to do that. Have you guys ever had a friend who's like, flaky with your text like inconsistent friendship but then asking you to come visit them before of course you haven't riptide the look you gave i mean i I have i've had not asking me to come visit i've never had anybody like i said other than like men i've never had anybody who wasn't consistently actively in my life ask me to come visit same So I have. So that's why I asked. I had a friend (laughs) at some point in time, like they asked when I was coming to visit and this person asked for a lot. But looking back, I also want to add this person asked for a lot of me earlier in our relationship. And they had just happened to do something that made me take a step back and look and see everything that I had done for this person because they did not come through for me on something that I thought was important. And at that moment, I realized this is not a new behavior just because you had kids. You have been like this for a very long time. And I have always given, and because I haven't noticed it until this one time you were not there for me. And I mean, we could talk more about it off air. It was, they, they were going through a tough time, but what I wanted was very small as well. And they didn't even bother like considering that small ass ask. At the same time, at that so to what uh, Rach said earlier, you know, just be comfortable with the decision that you make. Because I said, yeah, I'll go visit you in your city if ever I feel like taking a trip and I happen to take a trip to your city. I'll call you if I'm there, but I'm not to making an extra trip out of it. If you come to my city, I'll visit with you, but I'm not going to ask you to come to my city because at this point in time, I'm not taking that extra step to give you something. And I'm okay with where that leads. If we end up not being friends, we don't talk, we don't visit with each other. That's fine. Because why am I maintaining a dead weight relationship with somebody who's 400 plus miles away from me? Yeah. Like, what are you clinging on to? Like, I feel like a lot of times we're scared to let things go, but like, what are you what are you clinging on to a past version of this person? Like is the person they are currently, is that serving you? And no, we shouldn't just get rid of people because in one moment they're not serving us. But if, you know, there's gotta be a limit. We can't just carry around people who don't provide anything on their end of the relationship for years and years. I want us to normalize friendship breakups the way that like third graders tell someone you're not my friend anymore in adulthood. Like you'll tell you, you're not going to, some people ghost their partners, but generally speaking, if you're going to break up with someone, you're going to have a conversation. I don't want to be with you anymore. 
normalizes for friendships. Let's stop having these awkward ass, long drawn out breakups. No, you are not serving me anymore. You have not served me for the last 10 years. We don't have to talk anymore. Instead of you finding out that we're not friends because you didn't text me on my birthday or because I didn't send you a Christmas card. Nah, I told your ass on September 13th that I didn't want to be your friend anymore. And that was the end of our relationship. Okay, but I need for if people to if people do this, I need them to mean it. Like, don't do that toxic shit of like, we broke up and now we're friends again. No, we're just, it's one time, one and done. Because I remember in third grade, one of my friends broke up with me and I went home crying. And then like two weeks later, we were friends again. And we're not doing this. We're not yes. doing this. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that because so break up with someone like you will in third grade, but also mean it because me personally, I'm tired of having two eight-year-olds in my office crying about how they're not friends no more, only for them to be friends the next day. Don't waste my time. See, so what, again, this goes back to communication because if it's not, if you're willing to work on the relationship, which a friendship is a relationship for y'all out there who's homophobic and shit, we're not talking about gay shit. (laughs) If you're willing to work on your relationship with your friend, then just communicate what is bothering you versus saying, I'm just not going to be your friend anymore. And then causing this big drama. Like, just say, girl, I didn't like that you did that shit. So in summation, the group is saying communicate, set a boundary, and make a choice that you are comfortable with. Yes. Also, it sounds like if you do decide to go out there, sorry, this it doesn't sound like this is just me interjecting whatever I assume this is how I assume this is going to go. Make it a trip for yourself. And since your friendship is a little iffy, just happen to pencil her in for a day as a little part of your trip. Don't make her your entire trip. That's a lot of money to spend on someone that you don't seem to trust very much. Yeah, yeah I agree. I would only go if I wanted to go to Europe. So I think, I think we've summed this up. Well, thanks to those of you who sent in letters with your petty problems. All problems are welcome, so long as we don't have to co- contact anybody about it. Like, so don't make me call the police, Child Protective Services, Adult Protective Services, your mama, your daddy, none of that. <laughs> if you would like to have your problem read aloud on the show, send us an email at 99problems.pod at gmail.com. That's 90 spelled out, 9problems.pod at gmail.com. And I think that's going to wrap up our show. Does anybody have anything to say before we wrap up today? All right. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of 99 Problems. And diet culture is definitely one of them. But bitch, you might be too. Um, We want to thank rapper Zinni for producing the intro and outro music for our podcast. You can find his music on Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, everywhere that them people be. And he's also on IG. His IG handle is Zennyboy, spelled out Z-X-E-N-N-Y-B-O-I, in case you're finding interested in finding more high-quality music from him. Tune in every Tuesday to hear the three of us on the brink of our villain era. Some of us might already be there. Tell us who you think is there. And the frustrations you've been carrying on your shoulders.